This presentation is from UX Australia 2016, held in Melbourne. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. We're on a bit of a tight schedule before lunch, and obviously everyone needs lunch, so yeah, I'll go straight into over to Graeme. Cool. Right, can everybody hear me? Yes? Right, just before I get started, let's give the Blues Blubbers a round of applause. The Blues Blubbers. <clears throat> Hello, uh, I'm Graham Lewis. I am a user experience designer at Fjord by day, and by night I'm an animator, illustrator, and toy maker. This is Jop Wielens. He's my freaky deaky Dutch developer friend. Uh, and together, we uh, founded a company called Mopadop, a company that makes digital toys for kids. Our toys, are, uh, our toys revolve around two characters, Mopadop the tailless lion cub, and Moth the lime green fez-sporting sloth. We've got a toy on the App Store at the moment called Mopa Ice Cream, which uh, allows kids to create bat-sprinkled eyeball-topped ice creams uh, for monsters in Mopper Park. We're busy working on a new toy, which is uh, Mopper SeaWorld, which is currently in development and something that I'm going to use as a case study to give you a bit of a sneak peek and to show you how we design for kids. So when designing for kids, you need to know your audience. And luckily for me, there was a, a lovely lady called Deborah Gelman who made this book called Designing for Kids or Design for Kids. And in that book... I found a guy called Jean Piget, who um, kind of looks a little bit like Yoda. Uh, was a Swiss-born psychologist in the 19th century and came up and, uh, and did a number of studies and realized that younger kids um, struggled with questions that older kids and adults had no problem answering. So he came up with these different uh, uh, stages uh, uh, of... Uh, he came up with these different cognitive uh, stages called the stages of development based on age. So first up, we have the sensory motor stage, which is zero to two-year-olds. And it's, this, it's, it's at this stage that kids realize that objects are still there, even though they're not in view, uh, which is why peekaboo is so popular at this age. And then we have the three to five-year-olds, which is the pre-operational stage, uh, and it's actually a very exciting age to design for. It's because uh, kids start to uh, use their imagination. So a broom becomes a jousting stick, and uh, the dustbin lid is their shield with the jousting stick, and they find mom's favorite colander and stick it on their head, and that becomes a, a magical space helmet. And it's actually this, the, the stage that we designed for at uh, Mopadop. Uh, and then we have the concrete operational stage, um, which is the 6 to 11-year-olds, and they're able to understand uh, symbols and representations, so it becomes a lot easier to design for this stage because you no longer have to rely on visual examples to, um, uh, for them to understand what's going on. Then we have the 12 and up, which is us, which is the uh, formal operational stage, uh, and it's at this stage where they can think abstract, abstractly and hypothetically and by this stage, you know, you've made a number of mistakes and you can actually act on preconceived thoughts. 
So by day at Fjord, uh, I can quite comfortably sympathize or empathize with my uh, you know, concrete operational stage and make some pretty good assumptions with my audience. But that actually becomes really difficult when uh, designing for kids because even though my wife uh, will probably disagree with you, I'm not a kid anymore. Uh, or I don't act like a kid anymore. Um, so what do we do? Well, uh, we have to use our imagination uh, to help guide the way. And what better way to articulate your animation than withdrawing, especially for an illustrator like myself. Uh, but great, we've got these um, uh, illustrations which articulate our imagination, but how do we test it? Luckily for us, we've got Maya, our little big secret weapon, and Yop's six-year-old daughter, and Mopodop's number one fan and chief product tester. <laughs> so here's uh, Maya in action with Yop, um, testing out some of when we started the brand. We had a whole bunch of different logos that we drew up, and this is her picking her favorite one, which wasn't the one that we went with. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's not a foolproof uh, sort of plan, but it, it definitely gives us a steer into uh, going into the design phase quite quickly. So naturally, we, we get into design from uh, sketching, um, and there's a number of uh, secret ingredients that we like to imbue into our toys. And the first is a concept called challenge and conflict. Um, so... This is the home page for uh, Mopo SeaWorld. So you'll see there's a number of different scuba items there, and that's Mopodop on his little boat. And the uh, objective here is for Mopodop to jump into the water uh, and go on the undersea adventure where you can learn about mathematics. Um, blink, and then you go underwater, and then there's the blues blubbers, yay. Um, but if this were, uh, you know, uh, interface for an adult, they would just get so fed up because they're not straight into the action. It's not contextual. It's not personalized. I'm fed up. Exit. Uh, but it's different for kids. The second is the UI needs to be super duper mega intuitive. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a delicate balance on what you need to show or allow the kids to uh, have fun with and which UI elements you need to show to get them moving through the experience. And quite often it's learned by example. So this is Liam, a three-year-old, and he's, quite, uh, he's been happily playing Mopa ice cream and dropping scoops for about three minutes until he actually started to get into a bit of a, a loop where he was looking at the monster thinking, oh, you know, I'm expecting you to do something at the moment. Um, but his mom actually steps in and goes... You know, try pressing the tick. And a simple solution here would be to, after three minutes, pop in the button and have it pulse and flash white just to make it really, really obvious and super-duper mega-intuitive that he needs to move on to the next screen. Um, another thing, or well, the third ingredient, is uh, auditory feedback. Uh, so kids love auditory feedback. Uh, you can imagine, uh, well, here's, here's a fart button, and the kids... Um, keeps on pressing that fart button and it makes these fart noises and uh, the kids will think that that sole purpose of that button to exist is to fart. And that's great. Um, but it's different for kids. I mean, different for adults. Uh, case in point, I don't know about you guys, but when they started to introduce auditory feedback in the uh, Facebook app, it just uh, threw me off and I wanted to you know, flip my desk, get everything off the page. And it, it, you know, it's especially embarrassing when you're having a sneaky Facebook on the loo in the work cubicles. 
I always wash my hands, by the way. Uh, so we've created an environment where kids are challenged through the process uh, of their purpose, but what do they get out of it? And uh, that brings me to our fourth special ingredient, which are rewards. And we use rewards in a number of different ways. Uh, the first one I've already talked about, which is auditory feedback, and that can be used with an educational value as well. So like when you tap the blue scoop, it goes blue or yellow, or uh, I get the, the math uh, matching right, and it says two. Other one is animation. So this is Enrique, the maraca shaking octopus. Uh, and this is the counting challenge. So you, you join the different bubbles and you drop them onto the numbers. And then afterwards, he gives you this steel drummed fuel dance. Uh, we don't have audio yet because we haven't made the song, but it's coming. Um, and the other one is currency. So you get this little coin after uh, completing this task. Um, and then, you know, what better way to spend your coin but with the fat fish? Uh, so you can go and you can cycle through the little items and you can, you know, get an ice cream. Uh, and then you drag your little coin onto the slot and then you, you're able to feed the, um, uh, the item to the fat fish and he eats it. And it's just a really great way of us to uh, teach kids about buying and selling as well as getting them to cycle through the ecosystem which we've created. Um, and finally, our fifth ingredient are Easter eggs. Uh, you all know what Easter eggs are, and for those of you who don't, it's an unexpected, uh, an unexpected interaction to delight the user. Uh, so this is an example of our Easter egg. Uh, we are going to implement a little outfit uh, for Mopadop to try on. And so instead of um, shooting the uh, outfit for the fat fish to eat, we're going to bubble them up to the surface. Uh, so when they go back up to the uh, surface, they'll notice that there's a bubble bouncing there, which is actually this um, outfit, outfit which they've bought from the fat fish. And they can now cycle through the little outfits that they've got, and they can mix and match a starfish arm with uh, you know, a, a pink flipper and a... Uh, green fish arm and what have you, and it's just like a really nice, surprising, delightful way to reward these kids. So, kids are big, fat, giant liars. Because um, what they like in the morning is not necessarily something that they're going to like in the afternoon. You know, what's your favorite color? Yellow. In the afternoon, oh, you know, what's your favorite color? Oh, I like blue. Um, so, you know, how do you, how do you tackle this? Well, Luckily, we've got uh, a, a, a massive and a really effective uh, lie detector, and that's observation. So here's an example of Maya, our chief tester in action. Um, and it's such a good lie detector because there's nothing for her to interpret. And at her stage, sure, she's learning uh, her language skills, but she can't articulate her thoughts. Uh, and, and she won't be able to answer the questions accurately when you ask them to her. So there's, there's no right or wrong answers. We can just watch her, and when she gets stuck, she'll just look up to, uh, in, this, you know, in the doe eyes and look up to you and, and, and seek you know, what to do next. And that's the point where we you know, jot it down. We need to change something there to kind of instigate a next move through the experience. So here's something that you would have seen before. Um, you know, we, we design, we build, and then we test. The big difference for us is that we've got two different kinds of testers. Now, you've seen the one, and the other one are the parents. Um, 
uh, and, and the big difference there is uh, the parents are our, um, may not be our primary users, but they're definitely our primary customers. And the App Store is where we lure in these customers. And there's a number of different ways that you can lure them in. Um, but as an indie developer like us, uh, it's difficult to sell as a premium. So we offer it a freemium with in-app purchases. Well, for the next one, we will anyway because, um, you know, Mopa, Mopa Ice Cream was great, but we've, you know, we haven't made much money. I think last week, week we made about 10 bucks. And after, you know, tax and uh, splitting that down the middle and Apple takes their cut, I can hardly buy a coffee. Um, so what do we do? Um, we offer them for free. Um, and, and other ways that we lure them in uh, and enriching our apps is through uh, education, uh, child-parent uh, interaction, and cognitive development. So the app doesn't become a distraction for the kid. It actually becomes something that's going to add value to their lives. One thing you've got to be careful of is the PGTF, which is the uh, parent grossness tolerance factor. Uh, I, I mentioned before, you know, like um, uh, kids, especially in the pre-operational stage, stage, love everything poo, fart, booger, and, you know, snot-related. But that's not necessarily the same for their parents. Um, so you need to strike a bit of a balance. Um, this is Bubbles. He's the flatulent pufferfish, and uh, this is about learning um, uh, sums. And if you get a, you drop the right sum into the uh, box, Bubbles eats your little bubble, and he has a little fart. So, you know, it, it keeps the parents happy because they are learning um, about uh, sums, and the kids are giggling away because he's farting. So once we've got our product ready, uh, we, we build or design a questionnaire aimed at um, the users, which are normally some trusted parents that we have. And we use Hockey App to distribute those um, um, uh, apps so that they can use them. We aim our questions at uh, the parents' uh, buying behavior and the kids' um, experience. Um, and then we launch, and then uh, we use uh, Google Analytics and feedback to further iterate our designs. So you want to be done with the kids? First, uh, you need to know your cognitive stages. You need to use your imagination. You need to design with challenge, super-duper intuitive mega, mega UI, audio feedback rewards and Easter eggs. Use your uh, lie detector well, which is observation. And add value with education, child-parent interaction, uh, develop and developing uh, cognitive skills. And don't forget to manage, sorry, balance that PGTF. And the last and most important one is have fun. Because if you're not having fun, then there's no point, right? Thank you very much, and I'll take some questions. Yeah, we've got a few minutes, so has anyone um, got a question? Hands up. Brilliant. Thanks. Thanks, that was really interesting and um, very useful for some work that I'm undertaking. Um, I was at a, a talk where somebody talked about doing things with kids, and they said when you were testing things, that pairing two kids up together and getting them to explain things to each other was a, a good method of extracting that sort of um, 
articulation because they're not so great at thinking out aloud. Yeah. Um, is that something that you've tried? Is, has it been successful for you? What are your thoughts on that? It's, it's, it's not, um, only because, you know, Yop and I do this in our spare time. So we're actually quite time poor. You know, like my wife already says that she's a games widow. So we kind of have to, uh, you know, do what we can. And what we can is just send these things out to parents on an individual basis. And they come back to us with their, their feedback. So, but that's a really great suggestion. And if, yeah, you should, you should claim it. It's yours. Thanks, that was great. I'm sure you did lots of research. I'm interested to know what are the things that you learned didn't work that you really needed to avoid to make yours a success? Yeah. Um, so we've, we've actually been doing this for, for quite a while. Um, like I used to work with Yop in London for a number of years, and we went our separate ways, hence me in Australia and him in uh, the Netherlands. And you know, we thought that we knew how to design for kids. Uh, without actually getting it in front of the kids, and we never used to do any testing. Um, and we, we did that really badly, because uh, we never saw the reactions of the kids and this, that, the next thing. And um, what we've learned is to start there, you know, and start with the sketches, and then build on that and move forward. So we weren't doing it well, but I think we're, we're starting to do better. Hello, my name's Zoe. I have a question which is to do with uh, parent perceptions and design. So in the space for educational apps and games, uh, there's uh, quite a heavy emphasis being placed on the kind of skills that get taught in schools. So adding, subtracting, ABCs, shapes. These are things we see relatively frequently. Mm -hmm. I think that there, is, uh, there are potentialities in the game space for young children that go perhaps beyond uh, ABCs, 1, 2, 3s. Uh, for my own part, I've seen a three-year-old child finish Monument Valley. So that's, that's the kind of thing that kids can do. I'd be interested to know, do you have any plans to move out of ABC, 1, 2, 3? And if you did, where would you go? Yeah, great. Um... So there's actually a really interesting um, argument or discussion at the moment with pink and blue. So designing, uh, you know, pink toys for girls and blue toys for boys. Um, so I think, you know, like we would definitely want to start challenging these sorts of uh, concepts or, you know, uh, thoughts that people have. Uh, and another one would be, you know, sex education for, for young kids. Uh, and how do you do that in a, in a safe environment? Um, with, with you know, child-parent interaction and, and, and get these messages across. So if we were to have the chance, we would, I think we would definitely move in that sort of direction, like in environment, gender recognition, um, and that sort of thing. Great. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Graham. Great. Brilliant. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from UX Australia 2016. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.